They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Grant Menzoir. Walls are the stories that I can't explain. Explain, explain, explain. I leave my heart open, but it stays right here empty for days. Days, days, days. She told me in the morning she don't feel the same about us in her bone. Answer the phone. It seems to me that when I die, these words will be written on my stone. Stone, stone. stone. And I'll be gone, gone tonight. The ground beneath my feet is open wide. The way I've been holding on too tight with nothing in between. Between, between. The story of my life, take her home, my job. It was going so good. Oh, that's the shred version. Oh my gosh! Probably the funniest video. Why we've are ever you seen. still listening? Welcome to Thoughts That Rock. They're loyal. They are loyal, and they are masochists. Uh, listen, this is the podcast where we give you some advice for real. If you stick around, long yeah, enough, we're not kidding. We'll get to it. Just take two minutes, and <laughs> we'll get to it. it. I promise. <laughs> In fact, this episode is sponsored by Certified Rockstar. Mm-hmm. That is our fully customized leadership training program, where we have like a virtual, a half day, and full day versions. Yep. You can check that out at CertifiedRockstar.com. Yeah, thoughts that rock help support Cannonball Kids Cancer and their fight for finding and funding treatment options for kids who've run out of options. Please go check them out at CannonballKidsCancer.org. And when you're online, why don't you just uh, mosey on over to iTunes and uh, leave us a rating mm-hmm. and a review for this show if you like it. It means the world to us actually helps us get in front of more eyes and donate more money. So please do. Yeah, and listen, we know how busy you are. Mm-hmm. And trying to step away and just grab a few moments, uh, th- these little nuggets of wisdom, we like to say. Yep. We know those could really amp up your life, but they are hard to come by, which is why it doesn't really matter what you're doing right now. Nope. You could be, let's say, throwing baseballs into a pitch pack. <laughs> maybe you're peeling carrots at the back of a Seasons 52. Ow. Or maybe you're carrying firewood through an Ethiopian village. How much farther? Doesn't matter to us. We just want to be the 30 minutes that you have been looking forward to all week. Let's do it. Our guest today is Ashley Brundage, who is a celebrated and award-winning equal rights advocate, transgender rising star, and the founder and president of Empowering Differences. First, right out of the gate, Ashley, welcome to Thoughts That Rock. I'm so excited to be here. Us too. Yeah. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us. And, you know, we will definitely have Ashley's entire bio in the show notes. We would love for you to go and check that out. It's incredible. You got to check it out. It is amazing. And we'll talk about some of her awards as well. But I will say this, since 2008, you know, since she really has just been working tirelessly to promote awareness and acceptance of gender identity and expression, she's just been crushing it. And here's the cool thing. She now holds 
educational sessions really for corporations and speaks everywhere about her transition and workplace equality and diversity and inclusion. She sits on several corporate boards and LGBTQ advisory councils and inclusion task force. You know, she does a lot. And here's the cool thing. I thought you would like Brandt. Yeah. She has won so many diversity awards. I'm just going to, just a couple that I thought would make you go, holy cow. 2017, she made it onto Tampa Bay Business Journal's Power 100 list, oh, where she was named- Just a small one, little just list. Just a small little list, right? One of the most influential and powerful people in business, number one. Mm-hmm. The next year, named one of Florida's most powerful and influential women by a National Diversity Council. Okay. And then last year, named one of the top 40 under 40 in the National LGBTQ community by Business Equality Magazine. Is there any doubt? She's a rock star. She's absolutely crushing out there. <clears throat> Ashley, my mom has voted me top 49-year-old that she gave birth to. <laughs> <laughs> but you're at the top of that list. I am at the very top of that list. Like we said, we are so honored that uh, that you're here, Ashley. And, and, you know, we do things a little bit different. We, uh, we tend not to go into a long traditional interview style. We like to get right to the heart of the matter and help you know serve our audience they're always trying to look for some great pieces of advice so we're going to leave the floor open to you what is your thought that rocks thoughts that rock number one so my thought that rocks today because you know that changes by the minute sometimes yes yes (laughs) is to highlight all of your differences highlight all your differences awesome awesome yeah tell us more about that yeah, I um, kind of came under this uh, thought that rocks uh, by accident. Um, I was facing a um, economic crisis uh, back in 2008, um, the housing crisis. I was a huge victim to that, mm. and uh, and I lost my job. I lost mm. my house. Like it was really not looking the greatest scenario. Mm. Um, and that led me to really think about, well, I need to re-enter the workforce. And my kids were going into school, and I was ready to find a new career. And then that's when I realized that I was only going to find an entry-level role in an organization in that moment. Hmm. And I, I was like, I had to take like a double take. Hmm. And, and I started thinking about if I'm going to start at the bottom, I'm at least going to highlight all of my differences. And that's when I made the decision to come out of the closet Mm -hmm. and allow all my authenticity to shine. And I started going to job interviews, presenting as my authentic self, openly trans, uh, unapologetic. Yeah. <laughs> and I started figuring out ways to highlight my, uh, my authenticity throughout those interview processes. And I can tell you the initial reaction was pretty harsh. Yeah. I'm <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, I got told everything when we would never hire anyone like you. Do you have the wrong address to <sighs> please wow. leave? Like it was really tough. <laughs> yeah. Um, But the thought around highlighting all my differences is what led me to start thinking about how I would highlight them. And and that started with education, and and I started to educate others. And that led to sitting in that interview chair longer if I broke through Mm -hmm. (laughs) past the gatekeeper. Um, And then I was thinking, 
wow, this is going great. I'm actually having a longer interview, and but I'm not getting any job offers. Mm. And that's when I decided to really, really link the highlighting, the my differences to empowerment. Mm. Um, and I started bringing all of this empowering data about why it's important to have intersectional differences represented on your team, why it's important to have um, intersectional voices, why it's important to have people of all different differences represented. And and so I would talk about the LGBTQ buying power. This is in the interview, right? You're doing all this in the interview. That is amazing. Totally. I talk about the $1.3 billion or trillion dollars, $1.3 trillion that the United States economy has from the LGBT business owners in America, the 10th largest economy in the world. I would talk about that. I would talk about the millions of transgender people that exist that that are living here and that they could be your clients. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And we were having a whole litany of different style interviews from that point forward. Yeah. Well, isn't it funny how when uh, you made economic impact, all of a sudden everybody wanted to hear you. They're like, oh, okay. (laughs) Instead of because it's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. But how have you seen that sort of transition over the last 12 years or so since that time? You know, where do you think we are today as opposed to 10, you know, 10, 12 years ago? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think that um, every day we move forward. Um, I often say that like time heals most wounds, <laughs> not necessarily right. all of them. Right. Um, and it takes time for people to be comfortable around those that might be different than one another. Um, and we do that through education. We do that through empowerment. We do that through sharing inspirational messages. Um, motivating others, all of those things, um, I think, move that culture of inclusion forward over time. Love that. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's one of the things I love, Ashley, is, is this idea of having so many differences highlighted in an organization where people can bring their unique contribution. Um, I feel like it's something that is incredibly lacking in, in today's world. We, you know, we talk about diversity and inclusion, but what does that really look like? And, you know, can we carry that, you know, out in every direction to include things like diversity of thought and experience, Mm -hmm. you know, where people are coming from and how they sort of have experienced the world up to now is a very, very important voice that needs to be heard if we want true representation in these areas. And, you know, uh, for me, uh, you know, I, I wrote a book called Black Sheep that really talks about this idea that, you know, a black sheep's wool cannot be dyed. It cannot be turned into something that um, it wasn't supposed to be. And so we each have to find these black sheep values that make us who we are authentically supposed to be and know that they can't be changed. They are who we are. And I love the fact that you found your black sheep and and are living that truth. They are living that authenticness that all of a sudden resonates at a different frequency and people want to know more. And I think that when more of us have a tendency to, to find the courage to do that, then all of a sudden the conversation shifts. So I guess the question I have now is how has the conversation shifted from those early years to what you're talking about today? 
Yeah, I, I think it's shifting to be more, um, more, more broad reach. Um, you know, lots, lots of uh, advocate allies. Mm-hmm. I think allies are so important into all of the different intersectional uh, diversity missions. Um, you know, you 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 look at like you know marches on Washington, and you look at yeah. all these other things that are happening, and and the. And it's not just the marginalized group that's being represented. Right. Um, I participated in the in the trans um, the trans visi- national trans visibility march last year on Washington, and you know thousands thousands of people were there. Um, were, were, and yes, there were lots of transgender people there, but there was also non-binary. There were also women. There were also men. There were also allies there were cisgender people it was a broad mix uh, people of all ethnicities and religious backgrounds um i think that that's where the major shifts have been happening yeah i, I think you you're right on i see way more allies today that are probably not transgender right they're just more inclusive they're more supportive You know, I think even though there's always going to be issues, you know, I think about this even now with Black Lives Matter. When you look in the audience, you know, you've got a lot of people that are just supportive of their friends, their family, of the community, society, whatever it is. And now you fast forward to your life. If you look at what you're doing, you are an ally as well to society. I mean, I think about the boards that you're on. I think about the, you know, not just because, you know, they wanted somebody to to be diverse. I think you, like Brant said, you bring this diversity of thought. And if you can bring them, you know, get out of the way, you start talking about facts and how much money can can bring to the table or finding more inclusive employees, people who look like me, think like me, you know, that that's the holy grail when you're talking about business. You want to find customers and employees who resonate with the brand. So, you know, you, you get a chance to be, you know, the force multiplier, if you will, for the community, right? Yeah. Well, and then the other thing to this too, that really helps it, the thought rock, I think is the power around delivering what you're promising. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can't walk into that interview and be talking about your intersectional differences and about how powerful your differences are without, you know, a year later or two years later during your performance review, being able to bring the metrics around what you did yep. and about how you delivered on that, on that thought. Um, and, and that's what I did, um, you know, as a banker, like I was working as just a retail branch banker. And, um, and when I did that, I was generating <laughs> the revenue that I promised I was going to do during that job interview. So we have to deliver that is on amazing. Our, on our on our results. So, so the industry was was financial institution, and I think I remember hearing or seeing something in your story that eventually you wound up working in human resources, right? Like, how perfect is yeah. that? Like the voice of the organization, you get to represent part of that voice in your role. I just, I think it's fantastic. Well, it's great that you again. So, you know, one of the things we talk about all the time is when you have proof, you don't need belief, and if your conversation centered around no, believe me, this is going to happen. Believe me, this is going to happen. That's a different conversation than here are the numbers. Mm -hmm. And when the numbers reflect exactly what it was that you promised, all of a sudden now the level of respect and credibility and everything else starts to rise because you're showing 
those those KPI friendly numbers that that add to the bottom line of these organizations that um, are desperate to to grow. And so, what an amazing way to not just get somebody to open their eyes um, to really focus on that diversity and inclusion, but to show them that when they do, there are benefits for you know for actually acknowledging these things. Yeah, totally. There was, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Marcus Buckingham, you know, he, he wrote the book, uh, first break all the rules. And basically, you know, he, he came out of the Gallup organization. Uh, he, he's part of the team that created that strengths finder assessment. And their whole idea was, listen, don't focus on trying to fix people's weaknesses, right? You ought to spend all of your energy and time yeah. and effort on using and enhancing your strengths. And so that goes right back to your thought here, which is you got to highlight all of your differences, right? And if you can take that and harness that, you're just going to be a much stronger, not only person or team or business or whatever, but even industry. Like you can, I I think that ripple effect makes a huge difference instead of trying to wallow around and trying to, I I can't stand the word when we say we're trying to fix people. You know, there's some people that are not going to want to be fixed. Some people don't need to be fixed regardless of what your perception is. But you could certainly see somebody that has a strength. Why not grab a hold of that and use it to your advantage? So I think that's kind of what you you really get a chance to do now. But even when you were, like you said, working as a, was it a bank teller? Like even there, I think yeah. you would be you would be making a difference. Yeah, and well, totally. And then the other piece to this too is, um, it, and it's not just about your gender. It's about so many other things. I mean, you mentioned diversity of thought, but like how many passport stamps do you have? How many, how many mm. different um, faith-based uh, uh, or religious-based events have you attended? Have you, you know, have you been in uh, multiple different types of uh, churches or temples or right? So, do you have different religious views? Do you have different political views? Have you learned about all the different political parties that are out there? Because mm. there are so many, right? And all of these types of things can really lead you to being able to highlight the things that are different about you. Um, and I jokingly had a scenario today where I was talking about the fact that I have red hair, <laughs> and, and and my having red hair is is a really unique difference. Um, you know, now people try to go to the store and copy it, <laughs> but that doesn't always turn out to rock. No, so no. On, on, uh, you know, what box you buy and the mix you buy, but mine is, you know, is, is me. It's, it's into my, uh, my signature, uh, branding as, as it is my hair color and it's my natural hair color. Um, but with the you know population of the of the red hair red hair community right it's like less than two percent now mm, yeah um, that's a difference and it you know it it makes me unique from other people um, and I can highlight that. So you just reminded me of something. Uh, There's a little bit left field, but first off, I'll tell you, I worked at Hard Rock for 21 years. I ran training and development for those guys and. They had uh, like mottos, like four phrases that they have up on every single building, no matter where you are in the world. It could be a cafe, hotel, casino, but there you're going to see the words love all, serve all, take time to be kind, save the planet, which mm-hmm. they were saying for 50 years now. But the biggest one, which I think fits in perfectly with our conversation is all is one. And I think about the fact that people are so unique at that brand. It's it's the idea that everybody brings something to the party. And it is, like you said, Ashley, you're leveraging your differences 
and that helps out the brand's ultimate strength. And two things I'll think about. One is there were originally 48 employees in the very first Hard Rock in London, and all of the servers had to be over 30 years old. Like they would not take anybody young, which was like counterintuitive. A lot of people would want youthful young kids. You know, they went with an older seasoned approach. But out of the 48 employees, I think there was something like 20 were servers and over half of them were redheads. <laughs> like there's a whole storyline about why somebody who had red hair, whether it was like Lucille Ball or, you know, I don't know, your mom or whatever they were trying to say there's definitely going to be something different than what you'd be used to if you were going to some burger joint next door. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And I only, that that only came to my head when you were just saying about your hair being red, but here's the other piece. I think that particular company went way beyond having tattoos and piercings and mohawks and colored hair, which they allowed way before everybody else was doing. But I remember my best friend was a, um, was a little person. You know, she was three foot four. She was a host. We had a transgender server, which again, I'm going all the way back to the early nineties. We had a deaf busser. We had phone hosts that were in wheelchairs. I just remember some of the, the greatest humans on the planet and hard workers would not have been given a chance elsewhere. But yet here it really was, you know, we jokingly call ourselves the Island of misfit toys. It was a place where maybe all the toys didn't get to be played with somewhere else, but here it was relished. And what you got with that was loyalty. You know, that identity is instrumental mindset meant people were going to stick around forever. So I guess that's a long way of setting up a question for you. I mean, I think about the brands that you probably get a chance to talk to right now. It let's say versus a brand just embracing change in general, because everybody talks about that. How do you use your experience? How do you talk about what you do now, or maybe part of your story to affect change in their own businesses? So I'm talking about not in an interview, but now you're standing up in front of a lot of people. Like, how does that go for you? Yeah, I think that when it comes to, you know, navigating the change for, for large groups, um, I, I think it's important to um, highlight small things mm-hmm. um, and, and small actions that people can do to make a huge impact. Like others. what? Like what would that be um, in your mind? Yeah. I mean, I think that what we were talking about earlier about being allies, like showing up, mm-hmm. uh, standing up. I, I, I can't tell you how many leaders that I've had along my career journey that took the brunt of the force um, from working as a as a teller right if you walked in and then you know the, you may have a may fa- i may have faced a disrespectful customer um who did not respect my identity and maybe tried to refer to me in the wrong gender or, or wrong pronoun or blatantly like nasty right towards me mm-hmm. um, and have managers and other coworkers come and say, Oh no, her name is Ashley. And like immediately come to my defense. Awesome. Uh, I mean, just stuff like that. I mean, didn't take them a whole lot. It took them like three seconds, but right. it, all of those small things led to confidence for me and allowed me just to excel in my job, allowed me to not worry about the, uh, you know, going down the path, that other path, yeah. um, allowed me to focus on my path towards success. 
Yeah. Love that. That's great. And actually, since we're talking about that and that diversity mindset, I think that fits perfectly with the thought that we want to talk about. I think it part of it is it runs parallel with what yours is, but also from a different perspective. Brant, what was our thought that rocks this week? Yeah, so our thought this week comes from Ola Joseph, and uh, I love it. It's this. Thoughts that rock number two. Diversity is not how we differ. Diversity is about embracing one another's uniqueness. And I think that that's sort of, to me, it's the, it's what comes after this idea of highlighting all your differences. It's not just about recognizing them. It's about embracing them and understanding that they're needed. You know, I, one of the things we talk about all the time is if you want harmony, you need people singing different notes. Mm-hmm. You know, when everybody sings the same note, that's unison. Like that. That's cool. And that's one direction, right? And, oh, oh <laughs> Wow. Nobody, he stomped on no, one direction. Nobody in the wants show. to listen to that for that wow. long. We need diversity. We need those different notes if we want to find harmony. And mm-hmm. that um, is something that I think is incredibly, incredibly important. Is that sort of what you would say, Ashley, is the next sort of step after you highlight all of those differences? It's learning to embrace them. Yeah, I, I think that, well, this makes me think of two other things and that are really close to me and close to my foundational concept for um, empowering differences is uh, the last two of my 10 empowering words. Um, the, the, the two that makes that this makes me think of is access, um, which you, yeah, you, you are now embracing them, which to me leads to think that you're going to do something to actually help them move forward. Like mm. that's the amplification that has to happen for, um, for marginalized people to be able to get ahead in an unequitable society. Um, you know, when I walk into a room, sometimes I may be in a room and, and it could be a virtual room, right? It could be an in-person room. Yep. Um, but, in that scenario, oftentimes, if there's 100 people, I might be the only trans person and there might be 99 cisgender people in the room. Um, and I'm already at not a level playing field, so I mm-hmm. hope that someone's going to uh, amplify my voice. I hope that they embrace the embracing that's mentioned uh, a part of the quote here, the, right, the thought that rocks, the other part of the thought that rocks is... Uh, center around access, and then the other piece is enlightenment, um, which is my tent empowering action. Um, I think that once you embrace someone, then it almost is like the light bulb coming on, and all of this sense of why they're here, what they're here for, how they have to be a good ally, how they need to be working to make it a, a world more equitable for you. Mm-hmm. Like all of those things, then it's like everything coming together in that perfect tune for the rock band. That mm-hmm. Yeah. See, we, we do a lot of uh, band and brand analogies because I think people love uh, music. They love rock and roll. So I, I'm thinking if you were to take the words that you just said, and even the ones that this, um, would you say, Brian, it was Ola Joseph. You know, yep. if you put those together, you can almost come up with your own almost assessment, if you will. And and the reason I say that is, you know, Brant knows this actually, that I was at one time licensed to teach Stephen Covey's uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And in that training, and I'm going back about 20, 25 years ago, 
he shares, he talks about and trains people on the four levels of diversity. You know, the first one is being shunned, you know, which is, you know, I'm afraid, you know, I think that their way of life isn't the same as mine. I want nothing to do with it, you know, and we don't spend a lot of time on it. But there is the tolerate level, which I think a lot of people might focus on where they go, you know what, everybody has a right to be different, whatever, don't bother me, I won't bother you. It's a very, you know, and this is almost the, the, the recognition, if you will, in this quote, Brant, that you were talking about. But the two levels I love, the accepting one, which is I, I really do value the difference in others, but the biggest is celebrate, which is kind of what both of you are saying. It's the embracing part. It's I actually seek out, I truly seek out and desire the differences in others that I think we become way more powerful when we can think in those terms versus just accepting or God forbid, just tolerating. You know, I think... There's something about the role that you now play, Ashley. And I guess my question would be not just if you're doing something virtual or if you walk into a room and you're going to teach a course, you know, when you're on these boards, these councils, these uh, these inclusion task forces, you know, are you able to influence those audiences to maybe get to those highest levels to not just get to tolerate or maybe even accept? Can Do you think you can, when you're done with them, they can celebrate, truly celebrate the differences in others. Because that would yeah, be awesome, I right? Think, that's how it, that's how change yeah. happens. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that the you have to be able to influence others. That's kind of one of my other <laughs> buzzwords. Yeah, um, I think that yeah, the in, in influence is key. If you're not working, if you're not using your strategic voice, your strategic access to influence others then are you, you know, what's going on, right? You, you have to be able to make that impact yeah. for, for yourself. But really, if you make an impact for others, you will be making an impact for yourself. And yeah. that kind of overarching really leads to what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're speaking our language. I mean, honestly, it's other than the fact that the COVID lockdown has sort of shut us as speakers down. We're not, <laughs> there's not a lot of money that's happening for us right now. And I know that's going to come back. We do a lot virtually, but impact influence is the name of the game. These yep. are our core values. Like at the end of the day, we want that ripple effect to reach as far and wide as we possibly can to make people's lives better. And I know that's that's the work you're doing as well. Actually, I know that you've got a new book coming out as well. What, what's the name of that, and when when can we expect that to be available? Yeah, so you can actually um, check out my website at empoweringdifferences.com. Um, that's the name of my book and, the, and my company um, where I do uh, training and speaking and uh, leadership development. Um, and I have an online course that's going to be launching um, which I'm pretty excited about, and that's the 10 Empowering Actions to Leverage Change, kind of like a master class. Hmm. Um, yeah, so it's pretty exciting. It's, uh, my book is going to be uh, coming out hopefully just in time for, for you to um, un- unwrap it during the holiday season. Yes, oh, that would be great. great. Is it going to be 2020? Do you think by the end of the year? I, I That's what that's what it's looking like. That's yeah. amazing. Uh, so, yep, I'm I'm rushing to make that happen. <laughs> that is fantastic. That's great. First it's off, like, I can't. What have you accomplished during the during 2020 pandemic? <laughs> right. I wrote a book. That's Boom. Right. Boom. I can't believe you got empoweringdifferences.com. Like, how is that no website kidding. available? No like, kidding. You would have thought somebody would have scooped that up. Congratulations. That's a. That's I've a had great... it for a couple of years, actually. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> smart. Good for you. Um, 
Yeah, and it's been kind of one of those things that I've been working on, but haven't had the time to get it done. And, and I'm finally, finally at this at that finish line, which is really exciting. Yeah, yes. for sure. Well, it's nice to have the website. We will push a lot of people there, and hopefully, they can uh, take a look and maybe pre-order the book. But uh, you know, we're just uh, we're fans of yours and want to follow you along in your journey. And we cannot thank you enough for just spending a few moments with us and giving these uh, these great truth bombs. We love it. <laughs> oh my goodness, it was my pleasure. And, and my um, social handle is at Ashley T Brundage. It's all one word. Um, and I'd be excited to connect with all of your listeners. Perfect. Thanks we will so much for having me. You got it. We'll keep all that stuff where people can grab a hold of it. And uh, we hope to talk to you soon. Rock on. Thanks so much, Ashley. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks. Hey, rock stars. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode. Yeah, and if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, whether as a webinar for a virtual event or in person as a conference keynote, contact us directly at thoughtsthatrock.com. Until next time, rock rock on. on. Ever heard of Stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of Stoicism with a lowercase s and not Stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a a three-times-a-week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it.